think we're recording. What, what I want to do, I want to give you a potted history first, very briefly, of God's people up to the time when God spoke to them I believe the greatest thing he could have ever said to any person okay so you know God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees and then he had Isaac through Rachel and then we had Esau, Jacob, and then Jacob had 12 sons, and one of them was Joseph, who his brother sold into Egypt. And then in Egypt, he rose to power, and uh, Jacob and his brothers came to live in Egypt because of the famine, and there was food in Egypt. And then another pharaoh came to power who didn't recognize Joseph and the children of Israel and he started to persecute them making them do work not providing for them and various things until God heard the cries of his people and you know Moses was born and when he was looking after the sheep it was around Sinai um, Horeb, it's also known as Horeb, looking after the sheep, God spoke to him through the burning bush and said, I'm going to bring my people out of Egypt. And they came out of Egypt through the Red Sea under Moses and came into the wilderness. And there God gave them commandments, didn't he? God had, had made his own people. And he wanted his own people because he wanted a people for himself through whom Jesus Christ would come eventually okay the savior of the world and he gave them laws and he said I am the Lord thy God who brought thee out of the land of Egypt etc we'll find that in Exodus 20 That was a quick potted history, wasn't it? And you know he says uh, in verse 1, Exodus 20, And God spoke all these things, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And I don't want to read more than that here. He's declaring to them that he is the Lord their God I am the Lord thy God so he's saying I'm your God you should have no other gods before me and he goes on to say in verse 4 you shouldn't make any graven images the likeness of anything in the earth below or in heaven above you should not bow down to them or worship them etc I'm your God I'm the Lord that word Lord is Jehovah in, in the, the original, in the Hebrew, Jehovah, he that was, he that is, and he that is to come. That's what Jehovah means. I'm 
your God. If you go into Deuteronomy and into chapter 5, these things are reiterated before they go into the land, the promised land. Um, and if you go into chapter 5, and then verse 15, we, we read this, chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, verse 15, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. And he goes through the commandments. Okay, if you turn over the page and go into chapter 6. Now, <clears throat> do you remember that when someone, I've had more than once in the Gospels, someone came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? It was none of those ten commandments is not the greatest commandment. Might surprise you to know. The Ten Commandments and do not include the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment came later here in Deuteronomy. And this is the greatest commandment according to Jesus. In verse, uh, chapter 6 we can start with verse 1. Now these are the commandments and statutes and judgments which the Lord your God commanded you to teach you that you should do them in the land whither you go to possess it. So they're going into the promised land. Whilst they were in the wilderness, the first generation who perished because they disobeyed God, God did not give them this command. It's only to the new generation who were going in to the promised land. You might think, well, why God didn't God tell them to love him with all their heart? Which we'll look at in a minute. Why, why didn't God do that? And so it goes on. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, Jehovah thy God, to keep all his statutes and all his commandments which I command thee thou and thy son and thy son's sons all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it and it may be well with thee and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of your fathers that promised thee in the land that floweth in milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. So there we have this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In Jehovah, that is there. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might, or all thy strength, we read 
in the New Testament. Go into, into Matthew. Um, chapter 22. You might think that's a funny thing. It's a commandment. How can we love God? God's commanding us to love him. Have you ever thought about that? God's commanding us to love him. Why would God do that? He was talking to the Sadducees in uh, verse uh, 23 there and on about the resurrection. They were because they deny the resurrection. And they could never ever gainsay anything that Jesus said. And so they kept sending him different people to try and catch him out and condemn him, find a reason to kill him. And then you go down into verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, that, is, he's a, that means he studied the law, lawyer, it doesn't mean he took people to, uh, to court, he studied the law, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment? I believe <coughs> we read in one of the other Gospels, the greatest commandment in the law, because he was a lawyer, you see, so the five books of Moses contain the law, what they call the Torah. So he w was trying Jesus, really, in the sense of, well, what's the greatest law? Tempting him. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And he said, the second is like it. He said, this is the first and great commandment in verse 38. And in verse 39, and the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So what Jesus is saying there, everything is based on this, that you should love God. All the law and all the prophets. So everything that the prophets prophesied, in the Old Testament, are founded on this truth. <clears throat> so when God spoke through Isaiah, when God spoke through Jeremiah, when God spoke through all the various prophets, Micah and Zechariah and, uh, and the rest of them, what God was saying to his people was based on this fact that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That's all he was ever after. That's all God wanted through all the prophecies, through all the law, he just wanted his people to love him with everything they had. Completely. Because when you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, there's nothing left, is there? He's got you completely. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So that is what it's all about. This is what salvation is all about. It's God doing something in us whereby we love him with everything that we are. Now, 
it says God commanded them now I want to suggest to you and it's true that that commandment is a promise that commandment was a promise thou shalt love the Lord thy God thou shalt didn't say you might you shall you shall so how, how would that happen? How can I love God with all that I am? You think, well, you, that's not humanly possible. Would you say it's not humanly possible? Well, I would. Straight away, I'd say it's impossible. Totally impossible for me to love God like that. Totally. You think, well, why, why would God say that to me if, I, if it's not possible? Why would he do that? Have you ever thought of that? Why would God say to me, you shall love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and then love your neighbour as yourself? I want to suggest to you, you can't love your neighbour as yourself unless you love God. Turn with me into the book of Romans. And let's make some sense of this, shall we? So we'll start in uh, chapter 5 of Romans. And we're going to look at verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I want to say that is the only way that we can love God. You notice the love of God says there is shed abroad in our hearts. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. God does something in a person when they receive his spirit, the Holy Spirit, when his love is poured into their hearts, shed abroad, poured in, um, in the Greek it would be, has been poured forth, so that we can keep the commands of God. So it's no longer a commandment, but a promise. I find that I now love God with all my heart. I'm not asking you. I'm just making a statement. This is the only way that we can love God is when we receive his spirit. And that's why you will find that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, they were transformed completely. Their whole lives were changed. 
So you know before Pentecost Peter denied Christ three times didn't he? He said I'll go with you and I'll die with you Jesus. He said no. Before the cock should crow you deny me three times. And when the cock did crow he went out and wept bitterly because he realized I can't love you Lord. It's impossible for me to love you. It's impossible for us to love God unless we receive the Holy Spirit. And that's why on the day of Pentecost they were filled with the Spirit. Filled. Look at it briefly. I don't want to spend much time. Chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Chapter 2 of the book of Acts. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Every single one of them. And from that time they went preached the gospel and we can look at that in so many aspects but this is the key thing the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost I cannot love God unless he does something in me changes me let's pray shall we Father, you've made it so very simple. Lord, you know that we can't love you, Lord, except we do it in a, in a way that we think we do. But Lord, when trials and temptations and things come in our lives we find that we don't have the resource we don't have that within us whereby we can always obey you we thank you Lord you've sent your spirit so we can obey you by changing us Lord and putting your love in our hearts by your spirit we thank you Lord Jesus when you went back to glory you sent the Holy Spirit Lord that he might be poured forth in our hearts and we might love you Lord Jesus and that is the, the thing that we want above all else is to love you 
to love God with all our hearts, with all our strength, with all our mind. And in doing that, to be able to love our neighbour as our soul, Lord. So we thank you for this and we pray this word might find a place in our hearts. And that through it all, Lord, you will be glorified. Amen.